Reclaim Your Brain podcast. I'm Dr. Liz Rook. I'm a certified life coach and rheumatologist, and I'm here to show you how I combine science, coaching, and psychology to solve stress and worry for me. And now I want to show you how you can do the same to enjoy the life you've worked so hard to create. It's time to stop struggling and have more fun. Let's do this. Hey, everybody. I hope you are having a great December so far. We are getting into the fullness and the swing of the holiday season. I hope everyone's Thanksgiving went well if you're in the U.S. or your November went well if you're not. Um, I wanted to hop on today and talk a little bit more about family and the holidays because I know so many people that have more stress during the holidays because of anticipation of interacting with certain family members or even have dread or resistance to being around certain family members because they perceive them as toxic or they're just, quote, that type of person, unquote, that we don't want to be around or they constantly are complaining or they're negative or they're criticizing you or they're undermining you. And on the flip side, we can have kind of joyous stress where we're very excited to see somebody, but we also build up the anticipation so much that sometimes seeing that person again, we've built them up into this godlike status in our minds. And then we kind of have a little bit of a letdown when we interact with them because what we were expecting is not exactly matching with the reality of seeing them again. And wherever you are on this spectrum from one end to the other, Being in an atypical situation, even if it's only once a year where you're meeting up with family, interacting with them, or you have anticipation or expectation of you're going to FaceTime with someone long distance and maybe the times aren't matching up, or you're going a distance to visit family and then you have to go visit multiple households, or you come from a divorced family and there are multiple families to visit. And it can all create a lot of stress for us and a lot of anxiety and a lot of anticipatory worry. And so I want to kind of break that down into where we are in our minds when this is all going on so that I can give you some quick tools to use as you navigate through your holiday season this year to hopefully create a more peaceful, joyous, and enjoyable experience. Because I've found that stress as an emotional state or as a way of being it kind of kills all of our joy and our fun and our enjoyment. And we can't experience appreciation or gratitude at the same time we're feeling stress. So if you take nothing else from this episode, I want you to just kind of see anytime that you're stressed, where are you not appreciating anything in that situation? And if you can find any sort of appreciation for any of it, any humor, any thank God I'm still breathing, any my feet are on the ground and I still have a job kind of appreciation for wherever your situation is, or like we got this time off of work. So we're visiting family, even if it's not the most fun we've ever had, that can kind of instantly alleviate some of that stress. So that's one of the things we're going to talk more about today. So in terms of relationships and family and stress, including, and especially over the holidays, I want to introduce a concept of circumstances do not create our feelings. And this is true of stress or happiness, frustration or joy, love or hate. Our thoughts and our ideas and our beliefs 
about our circumstances or the situation are what create the feelings that we have in that moment and in that situation. And this is also true of relationships because essentially our relationships can be broken down into two main concepts. So the first is that our relationships are how we think about the other person we're in relationship with. And we create all of our thoughts either unintentionally by our default pathways from our reactive or emotional brain or intentionally with our higher rational cognitive brain. So if you think about this organically, when we see someone that potentially may be a good mate for us, we may initially think, oh, he's kind of cute or, oh, he's really funny or, oh, I'm really interested. And then from there, we interact more and we create more thoughts about this person. And if he's rude to a waiter on a date, we may think, oh, he may not be the guy for me. And that may turn our feelings from love and interest and lust to annoyance or frustration or distaste. And it may push us away from that person. But we've been raised from a young age to think that other people and things outside of us create our feelings. When we're told on the playground, don't do that, you're gonna make Susie unhappy, or you hurt Susie's feelings, we're actually creating an illusion that we have power over other people's feelings and their emotions, which is actually not true. And when I first learned this concept, it really blew my mind. So that's kind of the first concept about relationships. Our relationships are simply what we're thinking about the other person. So if you can apply this to family and relationships during the holidays, is there that one relative or that one person that you are really dreading interacting with and dreading seeing? You may just want to check your thoughts about that person and your beliefs, which are usually based on your past experiences, and they may have been more reactive in the moment they said something and the way you interpreted it caused you to feel a certain way. And so that leads us to the second concept about relationships. We interact with another person, and there's four different components. There's what we think and what we say, and then there's what they hear and then what they think, and also vice versa. So they think something. Let's say we'll, we'll call this person Aunt Hilda. Aunt Hilda thinks something, and then she says it to you, like, hey, that's a great coat. And then you hear, that's a great coat. And you may interpret that and think, oh, there she goes criticizing me again, because your past experience with experiences with Aunt Helda have not been positive ones or nurturing or encouraging. So you may already be on the defensive with Aunt Helda and anything she says or does from the lens of how you're thinking about her will create that defensiveness in you to kind of react to her versus just hearing that's a great coat and seeing, oh, she likes my coat, right? But if anyone else said the same thing to you, you would take it a completely different way because of how you were thinking about her or the situation or what the words were that were actually said or the tone they were said in. So when we kind of break it down here and we kind of look at it logically, Think about someone you really love. They could say to you, your hair looks crazy today. And you may take that as a complete compliment. Be like, hey, thanks. I threw it up. It's all crazy. And yeah, I love it that way. 
But if it's a family member or a friend or someone you work with that you don't particularly care for or you don't like them, and they say, hey, your hair's kind of crazy today, you may interpret that kind of reactively and be like, wow, what a dick thing to say and react to it in a completely different manner. And the tone may be the same. The intention may be the same. It's not positive or negative. It's just what they're thinking and what they said to you. But how you interpret it always comes from the lens of how you hear it and how you're thinking about it based on your past experiences with that person. And that's what creates your relationship with them. So one way I have found to reduce stress in my relationships, whether they're with family or friends or colleagues at work, or maybe someone I meet on the street who may be in a bad mood or a good mood, doesn't matter, is just to be open and curious to what they're saying and to know that I always have the choice of how I want to respond. Because we talked a little bit previously about responding versus reacting. When we're reacting to something someone says or something someone does or the situation, say it's snowing outside and you were anticipating snow or you got laid off from your job right before the holidays or the technology is not working. So you can't do that Facebook live or that Zoom call with your family. And then you get frustrated. No matter what's going on our default brain always wants to react. And that's our emotional brain, our little toddler with a knife running around who wants to make everything life or death. And if that is in high gear and in the forefront, and that's what we're using to go through life, we're gonna have a pretty emotional roller coaster of a life. And it's gonna be pretty dramatic all the time. It's either super high or super low because you're always in fight or flight or you're in rest and digest, right? Your sympathetics and your parasympathetics. What we're working towards with our growth is to be able to respond intentionally and kindly and with compassion and curiosity and even fascination. Like, oh, that's so interesting that they see it that way. I see it completely differently. And this can be especially important to kind of just observe yourself and be aware of how you're interacting. Are you reacting emotionally based on past experiences or can you kind of pull back a little bit and just kind of watch what's going on and let the other person be completely who they are and watch them and just kind of be like, oh, I never noticed that about them before. And you don't have to analyze them and you don't have to judge them and you don't have to criticize them. And it creates so much space in your brain that you may find that if you're able to kind of observe them, kind of like a science experiment that it takes that stressful emotional component out of that relationship or out of that interaction or even out of that situation. Because I also wanna talk about anticipatory worry. So say we go over to mom's house every Christmas and then we go to dad's house afterwards. So we go maybe for lunch at mom's and then dinner at dad's. And we know mom and dad were divorced many years ago and they're still not big fans of each other. And maybe they've remarried, but they always have some little digs to make about the other person. And if you're approaching it reactively, you know, even if you're used to it, it still can sting a little and it still hurts and can be really annoying and just be like, why can't they just get over it and move on? Why do they feel like they have to keep repeating this? Because they're in reactive mode. And when you're in reactive mode, everyone's just reacting all over the place and emoting out and not really 
taking any responsibility for their emotions. They want someone else to make them feel better. And so when we can be aware that maybe if we're anticipating that this is going to happen, that people are going to be making insults about their other parent, or they're going to be like, oh, do you have to leave so soon? And, you know, you feel guilty about it because you're like, well, mom, you know that we come for lunch here and then we go to dad's for dinner. And she says something like, you know, you always spend more time over there. I think you like them better. When we're reactive, we can get sucked into that guilt and drama, right? And what she's doing is she's just being who she is. Maybe she feels sorry for herself. Maybe she wants to be a martyr or a victim, right? And if that's just been the pattern, the way it's always been, we kind of get sucked back into it because it's just our norm, right? Our default brain's like, oh, here we go again. And when you, before you go over to her house, you're going to be thinking, oh gosh, I hope she doesn't do this again. I would really like one meal where we don't have to hear anything bad about dad and their divorce and how lonely she is or how, you know, it could have been so much better when we were kids if they had just stayed married. And any y'all in a divorce situation, I hope you don't, but you may know what I'm talking about because I grew up as a divorced kid. I wasn't divorced, obviously, but my parents were divorced when I was a kid and it affected me. And it's stuff that like, it was just normal for me. So I just thought everyone went through it. And then I grew up and realized, no, not everyone's family is like this. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I love my parents dearly. They're great people. But it's just funny what we get used to, what's normal for us growing up that we realize later is not normal. So that anticipatory worry and that anticipatory stress kind of adds a layer like we've talked about in prior episodes with anxiety um, and the inner critic, if we're not aware that we're worrying and anticipating what could happen and what likely will happen, we feel like we're protecting ourselves against it, but we're actually creating that worry and that stress and the anxiety ahead of time. So we're feeling it when we're thinking about it ahead of time, and then we're feeling it again in the moment and thinking about it ahead of time didn't really protect us. It just doubled the amount of stress and worry. So just check yourself if you're thinking about this ahead of time, like, oh gosh, we're going to go through this again. Versus just being like, I'm so glad we get to see mom and dad for the holidays this year. I'm going to practice just being aware and just letting them be who they are. And maybe being a little bit curious, like, why does mom still talk about this? Or why does dad diss mom when we get over there and want to know all the details about what happened at mom's house and, and just not take it personally and then just respond to it or choose not to just be like, that's just who they are. And they probably will never change, but the less we react to it, if they're waiting for a response or they're anticipating response to kind of soothe them or make them feel better because they're not taking responsibility for their feelings. The less we respond to it, it may fade away on its own. Or we could say something and be like, mom, why do you always say that? Or dad, why do you always say that? You know, and if you want to have that conversation at the holidays, you can, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend it if you have a big family over. Maybe just schedule it for another time, take them out to coffee or dinner or talk on the phone and just kind of address it. But don't worry about it or stress about it ahead of time choose consciously how you want to approach it and how you want to be, because it's always what they're thinking and what they're saying. And then what you're hearing and what you're thinking, 
is what causes you to feel any which way, including stress, including frustration, including annoyance, including that, oh my gosh, cringeworthy, I can't wait to get out of this house feeling. That's all created by what you're thinking. As much as you want to may advocate, maybe you want to advocate that responsibility to your parents or your aunt or uncle or your sibling or their spouse or the grandkids or whoever, my friends, the way to solve your stress is to first own that you're creating it. And I say that like it's easy. It's not. We're all human. We all want to find reasons for what we're doing outside of us because then we don't have to do anything to change it and we can make it someone else's fault. But while you're with your families or your friends or whoever you're with this holiday season, or even if you're alone, just see if you're giving your power away by not recognizing that you get to create whatever experience you want. When we're thinking that our circumstances or other people or anyone else creates our feelings of stress or worry or anxiety or happiness or joy or love or appreciation, then we can't do anything about it and we're helpless and we're powerless to change it. But when we can see that it is our thoughts and it is how we're approaching the situation and it is how we're anticipating the situation that's increasing our stress or our worry or anxiety or even our excitement to go see our family and our appreciation, our gratitude, that's all in our control. Then we can almost just watch it with fascination and curiosity and lean into it. Imagine going to a family event over the holidays and just loving yourself and loving the moment And being appreciative that you have a family, that you have Christmas decorations or Hanukkah decorations, and that you have this connection with other people, even if they drive you crazy, that you have gifts that you can give, that you have the financial resources to give gifts, to to get gifts, that you have a car to drive over there so you don't have to walk in the snow. You can be appreciative of absolutely anything if you put your mind to it. I'm sitting here with my vanilla balsam candle that smells absolutely delicious as I record this podcast. And I've got my nice glass of cold water and I've got my earbuds and my computer and my phone. And I just have so much gratitude for all the wealth and the abundance in my life right now. And the fact that I'm able to record this podcast and send it out into the world to hopefully encourage you to have an abundant and appreciative and loving holiday season so that you can inspire other people to have more love and inspiration in their lives. So the one, the last thing I want to leave you with this week is that you can drive however you want your holiday season to go. And I want to encourage you to at least be open to considering that you can be curious and fascinated with your relatives in any of these relationships or circumstances that may cause you stress. And you can consider letting the person be who they are, loving yourself and loving them, even if it's from a distance through it. And that doesn't mean that you have to like their behavior or what they say, and it doesn't mean you have to tolerate it. So boundaries are something else that are important that we'll talk about in a future episode. 
But just consider the spirit of the holiday season is love and connection and growth and appreciation. So anytime you can find gratitude and appreciation, it will instantly shift you out of stress and anger and frustration because that cannot coexist in the atmosphere of appreciation and gratitude. So I want to challenge you to just consider that this holiday season, try to find at least three things every day this next week to appreciate and see how that changes you. And I just want to remind you, Wednesday, December 8th at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, we are having a free online stress-free holiday workshop where I'm going to give you even more tools and tips on how to have a completely stress-free holiday experience that will last well into the new year. Because y'all, these tips don't just work for the holidays. They work all year round. And the more you can reduce your stress, the more time, the more energy, the more health, and the more love you create in your life. And you know what more time and more health and more energy create? More fun, more money if you want to work more in that space, more relaxation, more calm, more enjoyment. Who doesn't want to enjoy their life more? So I hope you all join us. If not, hop on the email list and get weekly newsletters with inspiration in them so that you can just enjoy a stress solution life, because I know that we can all have that. And I hope you will join us on this journey. All right, y'all have a fantastic week. And I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening today. If you love what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe and leave a review so we can get the word out. Also, don't be shy and please share this podcast with your family and friends. If you want more inspiration and stress solutions, be sure to check out the link in the show notes to join my email list today. Have a beautiful week, friends, and I'll talk to you next week.